Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. It's Nikki. And Richie Rich. You know what? I think my magic may have worked. Humana, 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 Conjure, 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 conjure. Let's see if we can see if we can manufacture another Free Talk Live's host. Are you there? And Mark. And Mark is here. Woo! Wow. It's it's like I'm it's like I'm magic. It's like I have superpowers somehow. The power of telephony. Well, one day you might be an intergalactic space wizard. <laughs> I can only aspire. <laughs> Would you be like so the I fire wizard and the ice wizard and you'd have to fight intergalactic space wizard Mark? In some sort of intergalactic space wizard duel? Only if he puts the crown on the line. Oh. I was really concerned because I, when I called in, I, I was hoping that Teakless would be here because I know he's a former um, worker at Renaissance Fairs. It's and true. my story has to do with the medieval fair here in Sarasota, called the Sarasota Medieval Fair. I think it's the only one in the country called the medieval fair, um, uh, and it's been going on for a very long time. I went to my first Renaissance Fair earlier this year, or medieval festival, or whatever. Oh, how'd you like it? Yeah. It was fun. I enjoy them. Um, you know, lots of fun, good uh, comedy acts, you know, that kind of thing. Did you get to eat uh, a turkey leg? I did not eat the turkey leg. Mark? I intended to get a turkey leg. I decided I just wasn't up for it this go around. Right. Uh, so the answer is no. I, I did went, not have a turkey leg. I went to a but couple they had of them. For sale couple of them when i lived in minnesota and like that was like the whole reason to go like my girlfriend was she yeah. wanted to go and i was like sure i'll go i wasn't like that into it but like i was like oh i can get a turkey leg and walk around like you know king henry the eighth or whatever so that's my favorite if part of thanksgiving serve, if they serve dark meat um with some gravy and mashed potatoes i would be totally in like there would have been no but i mean <laughs> to me the turkey leg itself just it isn't as motivating it's it's iconic no doubt. Yeah. And I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I recommend getting the turkey leg if you're up for it, but I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, not so, for me today. So blended mashed potato and gravy and you can just dip your turkey leg in it or just drink it on the side. Like you take a bite of the turkey That's leg right. and drink the mashed potato. I mean, maybe with a straw. It's like a like a Thanksgiving shake. It'd have to be a thick straw. You know, I asked a gentleman, why dost thou touchest my sword, sir? Um, nice. Yeah, I, I as I was walking into the Sarasota Medieval Fair, um, there was a police officer. I, it wasn't just some guy dressed up. It was a person who genuinely believed that they have power over the rest of us. Um, and he took zip ties and took my sword and tied it into the scabbard. Right. So like what happens when you go to a Renaissance fair, you run around the house and see if you can throw something on that looks kind of medieval sure. before you go. Right. I put and on a kilt. As a, <laughs> I, I, I had my kilt, my utility okay. kilt on. Um, I also wore my little king outfit because, you know, I go to conventions. I'm the intergalactic space king. You know, that's the shtick. Um, and my crown and the whole thing. But I also have an Albion sword I got for uh, working with Reclaiming the Blade, the movie from some time ago. Okay. And they sent Free Talk Live these swords, and I kept one. Ian doesn't like things. He doesn't like stuff around the house. So, um, you know, you don't have to give him anything like this. Could have fooled me. Um, 
So I've got this sword and I've got a little scabbard for it. I had made at the Porcupine Freedom Festival and I've got it on my belt and Jack's dressed up as uh, my knight and I'm the king and it's, it's awesome. Oh, and, uh, you know, we, we, had a, we were ready to go. So okay. the blade is, uh, he then ties the blade into the scabbard so I can't pull it. Now, the weird part of all this is you go in and every other tent is selling swords and knives with live blades. <laughs> and this cop guy so isn't for, there, you know, tying them up, making sure that they can't be unsheathed, right? Right. I mean, there's people walking around with live blades all over the place, um, either performers, which I, I, I'm just going to uh, wildly hazard a guess here. They don't check these performers for like criminal background checks or something, right? Um, and, but, you know, for some reason, I, what to all intents and purposes, this police officer, you know, they don't, they're not thinking of me as a political dissident. They're not thinking of me as a convicted felon. Mm -hmm. They're just saying, look, here's a 50 year old guy and his kid going into a Ren fair. Better tie his sword up. And, it's strange for, you know, this is right after DeSantis who gives his acceptance speech about how we made Florida free. Right, yeah. You know, I'm like, it's really odd. I'm not looking for trouble, you know. i just kind of curious. This is funny. Uh, strange, you know. I mean, for a place that, like, what is the likelihood that somebody is going to run through a Renaissance festival with a sword and start harming people if yeah. they were going to? They I mean, you probably have, would have asked the same right? question like about are, a movie theater several years ago. But hold on. Movie theaters aren't populated by people with M16s. Okay. Renaissance fairs are populated by people with swords. Which is like, probably why we... Renaissance fair and a sword, it's like, a, it's like trying to shoot people at a, gun, uh, at a gun show. You're going to get stabbed if you're pulling out a sword um, and trying to stab people at a Renaissance fair. Right, which is probably why it's the same reason that you never hear of mass shootings at gun shows, right? You don't right. never hear of mass stabbings at the Ren Fair. Well, because everybody's got one. <laughs> or because yeah. they zip tie <laughs> right. your sword when you walk in and you can't unsheath it to stab anyone. Your plans were thwarted uh, immediately I at mean, the gate. So if you wanted, if somebody went in there with the intention of stabbing people with their sword, they would just cut the zip tie or whatever device they used to secure it. But other people exactly. who are, you know, not looking to harm people and there's our zip tied, they're not going to think to cut it. And then they can't use it to defend themselves then everyone when gets the time stabbed comes. At the rent fair. And it's, you know, it's the same thing with guns. Right. You know, the bad people you... that are looking to cause harm are going to have the guns. But with gun control, the good people who would have defended the rest of everyone else aren't going to have them. Yep. When you outlaw unzip tied scabbards, only the outlaws have unzip-tied scabbards. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> so when the guy pulls out his uh, sword to begin stabbing people, I have to go find something to get the zip ties Well, off. you're in Florida, right? Someone's got to be concealed carrying an actual firearm at the Ren Fair, too. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there were there were you know there were three or four cops around. I mean, they would have shot him. So, I, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I was going to ask. Um, so we talked about the sword that you had a little bit. That it was yours. Was it a? Is the sword that you own uh, a decorative sword or a functional sword? Because there are two different kinds. Well, it, it was mildly amusing. Um, the I, I stopped off at one of these little shops where they're selling swords, and the guy's like, "Is that an Albion blade?" Like somehow. 
with just looking at the hand, part of the handle, yeah. he could tell mm. the manufacturer of the blade. Now, sure. this guy obviously works within his sphere. He understood what he was seeing. The cop who uh, zip-tied your sword to the scabbard, yeah. uh, was he a legit cop? Was he just Renfair yes. Security? Nope. As far as I can tell, he was Manatee County Sheriff. Okay. So, so let's take this Strange from the libertarian the, uh, perspective, right? It's it's a private event, right? You buy tickets to go open to the public, but there's organizers, there's people in charge, and maybe their directive was, you know, a, a unzip-tied, uh, uns scabbard-free zone for swords, or however that works, if I said it right, right? And they said, like, this is the directive, and they hired private security, not Manatee County Police, Right. As libertarians, would we would we not be honorable in honoring the wishes of the owner or the organizer in following what they desire? If they don't want anybody with unzip tied well, yeah, swords? of course. Okay, so the so the fact that it yeah. was police, right, could be irrelevant because absent, you know, without with the overarching state that does everything, that's who you go to for this type of thing. Yeah, so I tend to think not. I tend to think that um, I, I tend to think that the reason that there were police at the door was because um, they probably have uh, written themselves into the law as being um, the de facto security in these situations. You got to pay cops to do this. Right. They had Overtime. A, uh, yeah. Well, they love that stuff. Yeah. And I suspect that at a festival where everybody um, who works there is carrying blades, and anybody who purchased a blade from their many blade vendors is carrying a blade, that um, it is unlikely that they would have a rule. It, it's a foolish rule, no matter what, who made it, whether it's okay. uh, the legislatures or whomever. Yeah. But if you want to be um, safe, you just don't go to gun-free zones. Reverend Ratspeed, and uh, Reverend, you say that you've been to Ren Fairs and can shed some light on this steely subject. Reverend Ratspeed at the Ren Fair. <laughs> so uh, I have not only been to Ren Fairs, I have worked them either as an employee or as part of the guild. So I have seen all three aspects to it. I, I have one question before you start. Uh, do you dip sure. your turkey leg into mashed potatoes and gravy? And how do we make that a thing? <laughs> if you want to piss off the Puritans, sure. Go all ahead. Right. All right. All right. So that's, uh, a, that's an inside joke. Anyway. I, I assume that you've uh, been listening. And so tell us what you know about yeah. the Ren Fairs in you know, relation to Mark's story. I used to peace tie weapons. I worked at Front Gate for one season, and I oh, there's was a term for it. For it. Peace t- is that P E A C E yeah. or P I E C E? Uh, P E A C E. Peace as okay. in peace tying a weapon. Okay. And so, um, I so basically, my job was either to tear up people's tickets, but also if they had a sword, I had to look out for it. And if so, I was given a little black ribbon we didn't have we, di- we didn't use zip ties that must be a cop thing but uh yeah we would basically tie it up to the scabbard and there were in character and out of character reasons for this the in character reason was a lot more fun basically since the queen is visiting the rent the, the, the town uh the royal guard is asking us to, to you know or ordering us to do it okay and so the vice mayor was telling us to do that that was the in-story character dialogue that we were supposed to give however the real reason and this was in san bernardino county which is part of you know southern california um the real reason is because this was a corporation and they had a liquor license and the sheriff of san bernardino county stated that no weapons could be 
allowed inside a place that had served alcohol. Since we had uh. that liquor license, there was a compromise made, and we're talking like 20, 25 years ago. Okay, so it, that's where it started. It's been around for a long time. That's at the corporate rent fair. At the smaller rent fairs, the little mom and pop ones that are put together, you know, on on the fly, they might, you know, rent a campground for a weekend or something. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It basically the more the more attention that and and the larger the population, the greater the need to follow the rules. You said that there are people who live this as a lifestyle. So if I understand you correctly, oh yeah, that there are Renaissance fair enthusiasts who are something like uh, deadheads and that is they dress up for these things and they go and they follow they tour around the country going from festival to festival you have to understand this originally came from the hippie movement this came from back in the 60s when the um what was called i forgot the name of the family um rainbow family anyway Oh. No, not the right. The Partridge yeah, yeah, family. Okay. No, if, if you go back to the old 60s photographs of the original Ren Fairs put on by the something family, I'd have to look up okay. their name. I mean, it was it, like bell bottoms mixed with, you know, uh, fairy dust. You know, it, it was it yeah. was it was really wild. And this was back during. So to answer your question about the lifestyle. Yes, definitely. It's like Bernie Man minus 400 years. Like I've okay. I've met a bunch of people in my lifetime, and I've met you know deadheads, and I've met you know people who make a lifestyle out of many many different things. I have never in my life met oh, yeah. a Ren Fair enthusiast <laughs> uh, lifestyle type person, and so uh, now I've got something to put on my bucket list. I mean, I definitely okay. know some people that will travel around to all of the ones in the area. It's Not like the entire country, but I know I know some people yeah. personally who they definitely at least hit ten of them a year. Yeah. Let's imagine that you live in an RV, you're into blacksmithing, and you hit up all the rent fairs across the country. You go from state to state to state to state. That's how it used to be with some people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I haven't really been active in the rent fair thing for like the last five or six years because, I mean, COVID hit and all that stuff, so a lot of fairs were canceled. Uh, and also, I moved up here to Reno, so the closest fair that's really within reach without having to drive too far away is the one up in Tahoe, which is beautiful. But in Southern California, we had at least five Renaissance fairs at different parts of the year. Right. And so there was the German fair, which uh, was not peace-tied. They were supposed to, but no one cared. There was the Renaissance Entertainment Corporation fair, the big one. And that one, you had to peace-tie everything. And they also made sure that people didn't dr- bring their own alcohol into the venues. Sure, yeah, was, yeah. You know, but people would bring their own flat. You know what? I actually used to be part of, a, of the Irish Guild there. And the Irish Guild... Well, okay, I don't know how much I should say. Drink a bunch of whiskey? Say as much as you want. It's Free Talk Life. We had, well, okay, so first of all, we were allowed to carry our swords around because we were part of a guild, which is kind of like a subcontract kind of thing. Guilds are their own entities, usually nonprofit, and we would do war reenactments. Uh-huh. So we would come in, and we would, but there would be designated areas, unless, author, uh, unless authorized, to do street performances, things like that, which usually had to be blocked off so that way, you know, little children want to come up and get sliced by a weapon. There is a term in, uh, we'll call it the, mm, the outdoor market world, right? Whether it's a flea market, whether it's a carnival, whether it's a ren fair, there's a term called mark. Ah. Right? And uh, this means, uh, you know, 
in some subcultures, it means like sucker. Oh, that guy's really a mark. From the carnival days you know. where they actually put a chalk mark on your jacket to identify you as a sucker. Well, and that's where the term comes from. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, what the gypsies would do is like if somebody came to their booth and had a bunch of money, right? And maybe they made Ew. a big sale or something. Yeah. They wanted to let the rest of the vendors know, do them a favor. Hey, this guy's got some money, right? He's, you know, yeah. he could, you know, make a big sale for you. So it's what like they being a do, white person in Mexico. Yes. <laughs> Except uh, this, this is a little more involuntary. What they would do is they would put their hand in some chalk, and then as the guy, you know, they hand them their whatever yep. they bought, they hand, they just put their hand like on the their back. Like the kick me sticker. And it would make a mark on yep. them, and that's where this term comes from. And it was the gypsies, uh, according to my information, that originated the term mark. And so that's where it comes from. And so we mentioned mark, we mentioned gypsies. I thought it was, you know, a thing that we should put together and tie in for this show. Uh, the moral of the story here is don't be a mark. <laughs> be an edge. Be an edge, yeah. yeah. We'll sell you the, so- the whole seat, but you only need the edge. If you're going to be a mark, be an edge. Be a mark edge, yeah. yeah. Don't, be a, don't be a mark. Don't be a mark mark. Or a mark e mark. No, no. Where did that come from? <laughs> Old school, man. Holy cow. Uh, I was thinking, this is totally irrelevant. I was thinking earlier today. <laughs> About, Let's uh, talk about it. About terminology that has uh, sort of disappeared. And, and by that I mean like sort of uh, language fads, right? Uh, some of the new terminology being used these days is like based, yep. right? That's uh, lit. I, it's lit, right? Whatever happened to fly? Yeah. Remember fly? People were like, oh, that's fly. It became uh, too fly to be a white guy. And then, mm. and then it ruined it, it. And then it flew away. <laughs> Now I have that 3-6 Mafia song stuck in my head. Oh, Stay nice. fly. I'm sorry, and you're welcome. It's a good song. Yeah. Nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Big one in high school. It's, it's Cherry. Nice, uh... Oh, Cherry. Yeah. Not familiar. Different age. So out here on the East Coast. As if I don't listen to music from the 40s. <laughs> yeah. Out here on the East Coast, uh, particularly the New England states, the wicked. word the word wicked has been and always will be used. Oh, However. Yeah? Uh, when I was uh, in, we'll call it middle school, uh, that came and went as like a term to like sort of replace school. Oh, dude, that's wicked. Yeah. This from, I can't believe this headline. <laughs> this from RT.com. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken, also known as KFC. KFC, sorry for urging Germans to mark Nazi attacks on Jews with extra cheese. Brilliant marketing. Already confused. Get the world talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken or and, Kitchen Fresh Chicken when they tried to change that marketing. Well, okay, so maybe I haven't been to a KFC in a long time, but I mean, I I never get cheese on my chicken. Oh, okay. I mean, like, I don't get it on the chicken, but like the border bowl. Oh, that's right. They have. I, I, so I'm I'm usually like, if I were going to go to KFC, I'd get like a bucket or something. Sure. You know? No, I get it, but yeah. that that thing was. I had like a one-man boycott against KFC when they took the honey barbecue wings off the main menu and made it seasonal. Really? I was like, Screw these guys. I'm going someplace else. Yeah. I'm going to Popeye's. Yeah. And then it just happened. You know, they I saw the advertisement for the like. I'm going to call it the Border Bowl because I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. But it was like mashed potatoes and gravy and chicken bites and cheese and you know corn. And I went back and I tried that and I was like, oh. They have won me back. And you're like, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> yes, it was. That's, that, that is what drove me back to KFC, along with, of course, the honey barbecue wings, which is 
I haven't the been, best to, thing ever. been to a KFC in a long time. I can't eat many things at KFC, or I, I don't want to, I should say, sure, yeah. but they're biscuits, man. Yes. Popeye's is better. Uh, Popeyes I've never been to Popeye's before. Around, oh, you're missing ever. out. No. Try Popeye's. There are many chicken joints that are superior to both of these that, uh, well, aren't here, so I don't go to them. But uh, when I was in the Seattle area, there was uh, Ezel's. Okay. Uh, they're they're pretty famous. They're far superior to anything. They're it, they're real. The chicken's real. The you know it's uh, it's definitely like Louisiana style Popeyes, okay. but like better. By as long as we're doing margin. that, I'm gonna give a shout out to Weeses in Spokane, yeah, yeah. Washington. There you that go. was like the best chicken I've ever tasted. There you go. Best fried chicken. All right. So anyway, uh, KFC sorry for urging Germans to mark Nazi attacks on Jews with extra cheese. What kind of you cannot write comedy like this. You cannot write headlines like this, like just from your imagination. The Germans thought it was funny. Only real world happenings can write headlines like yep. this. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, the fast food chain has apologized for its insensitive push notification <laughs> on the anniversary of Kristallnacht. The German branch of the U.S. fast food chain, KFC, has apologized for urging customers to commemorate Kristallnacht the 1938 Nazi pogrom against Jews, with more cheese on their crispy chicken. Oh, so maybe cheese on the chicken is a German thing. That's kind of disgusting. I mean... I'm judging them. One side of my family is very German, and I don't ever remember cheese on chicken. According to KFC, uh, push notifications, this is through the KFC app to phones based in Germany, uh... Push notifications are generated semi-automatically based on calendars listing public holidays and commemoration days. Right. So this particular day, they're calling it uh, Kristallnacht, uh, which is the 1938 pogrom against Jews. So I have had a Google Calendar and still use it infrequently. Yeah. I have never subscribed to This Week in Nazi History or Today in Nazi History. Yeah, me neither. Okay. Yeah, you would think they wouldn't be celebrating this. <laughs> well, and so I think what happened is like, I mean, I've seen this happen in tech, right? Tech reads a, a piece of data and it just goes, yep, do a thing, right? Right. Because that's what it's supposed to do. So instead of limiting their, their semi-automatic uh, notifications to holidays, they also included commemorative days, which okay. is what this appears to be, a commemorative day, not necessarily a holiday. Commemoration also sounds like a positive thing. It does. It does, right? it does sound like a positive thing. Yeah. In this, so they go on to say- in this Especially per- in Germany. Right, like you, yeah. the, the restrictions yeah. on talking about this stuff, yeah. is so onerous. Yeah, talk how about, can you put that on a calendar? Talk about insensitive, right? right? But you know, maybe it was like KFC corporate calendar, which is not based in Germany, right? Okay. You know, but so, I don't I think mean, it would be on there. Well, we don't, I don't know. There's Who a knows? lot of things we don't know. What we do know is that in this particular case, the article continues. Uh, the KFC internal review process was not properly followed. Oh, you think? <laughs> you think nobody laid their eyes on it before this thing was sent? They're like, yeah, give all the Jews extra cheese, and then we'll know who they are. We understand and respect the seriousness and history of this day, and we remain committed to equality, inclusion, and belonging for all. Racist. To yeah. Kosher fried chicken. Uh, racist chicken joint. The uh, wait isn't it? oh that's the okay <laughs> the text of the push notification which was sent on the 84th anniversary of Kristallnacht also known in Germany as uh, I'm gonna butcher this uh, Reich Spomgranacht 
That might, Sounded good. That might actually be. Sounded German. Yeah. Uh, red, and this is the translation because it was put in German, but the English translation was, Remembrance of the Reichsbahngranacht. Treat yourself with more tender cheese on your crispy chicken. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the chicken and cheese thing. The French got a sandwich they call Cordon Bleu. Oh, yeah. Which is chicken and, chicken and cheese with a slab of ham on it. <laughs> Verboten to the Jews. Yep. Right? Now, as far as the chalking thing goes, I'm kind of going to create my own segue here because this goes back to the 70s, too. First time I noticed chalking was the meter maids marking the tires. Yep. Oh. Second time was a little later in that decade when I was finally old enough to go to the bar. The cops would come through the bar parking lot and put a couple stripes on your tire. Uh-huh. Oh, I did. They just had to sit at the crossroads by the street light and watch for somebody to go by with two white stripes on the sidewall. I did not know this was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, because you still got to bust them. The old school cop warrior stuff. But, uh,. But Mark called in about the whole strapping down the swords thing at the Renaissance Fair. It's yep, called yep. peace tying. Peace tying. We yeah. learned this today. That's our vocabulary word for the day. And I agree with you. I, I like learning something. I feel I've wasted the day if I didn't learn something. But uh, so anyway, this is back in 72. I didn't even have peach fuzz on my face yet. All right. I take my paper boy money and I ride like four miles to, to Kmart. And I just wanted to buy a jackknife, you know, something with like a can opener, maybe a corkscrew if I had a, could afford a fancy one or whatever. They would not sell me a jackknife. But I was able to walk out of there with a machete. <laughs> really? If I'd, had, if I'd have had more money, I probably could have got me a nice Tommy Hawk, too. Wait, wait, you couldn't get a jackknife, but you walked out with a machete. Did you pay for the machete? Of course. Good question. Okay, all right, just Valid. checking. You, you said you walked out with one. I, that uh-huh. left some question well, in my I, mind. I'm wondering what the reasoning is there. We're back to Guarded stupid tools knife versus weaponry. Huh? We're back to stupid knife laws. And this is way back in 72 when there wasn't supposed to be stupid knife laws. We've got Greg in New York who's probably going to talk about cryptocurrency. Yeah. Oh, what oh, a week <laughs> to talk about that. <laughs> it's been a heck of a week, huh, Greg? Uh, yeah. I have to say, you guys make uh, chicken sound very exciting, though. So, uh, <laughs> well, hopefully you continue listening after your call. Yeah. Uh, so crypto, I, you know, I, my co-founder sent me a video that I watched of Sam Bankman Freed five months ago giving some interview. And he literally described very cynically all the meme coins. Like, basically, he says, they're, like, they're all Ponzi schemes. Like, he literally goes through and he's like, there's a box and it does nothing. But, you know, the market cap is maybe $20 million. I saw this interview. The box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so, but here's the yeah. thing, right? How is he describing, Not how is he not describing all cryptocurrency? Well, to me, it doesn't matter if it's a cryptocurrency or a penny stock or whatever form it takes, right? The key is that does it have utility, mm-hmm. meaning, and it has a very specific meaning which is that if a customer gets something of value that they don't want to refund, right? Right. Then you could say that's utility. Like if I got KFC chicken and I ate it, right? Then I can't go back and say, I want to regurgitate the chicken, give it back to you and get my money back. So 
but the the way that normally um, the transactions happen is I can buy it and then I can sell it for just as much minus sometimes they have taxes and a little friction on there, but mostly just as easily as it goes up, it can go come down and there's literally no, nothing at the end. So all the money comes from the people who come in at the end and buy the top. And those are the people left holding the bag all the way down. Right. Well, but peop- there are people that make that same claim about Bitcoin, right? The only way, and, and you know, recently the NFT phenomenon, right? The only way you make money with Bitcoin is if you bought low and sell it to some sucker later for a lot more than you paid for it. Like the, right. the utility yeah. is using it as money. Right, that's that's how we find value in cryptocurrency, and the and the truth is, you could theoretically do that with any other uh, well meme coin, for lack of a better term, uh, anything. Right, you you launch the token or the coin, right, and people trade it amongst themselves. Right, some guy buys you know two pieces of pe- two pizzas for you know a hundred thousand. FTT tokens, and all of a sudden that thing has value. Is it $20 million? Who knows? But he's not necessarily wrong. The main thing, and, and why you know Intercoin has taken this long also, and why we didn't raise like $100 million in some kind of um, thing, we have to be very careful. One of the things, it takes time to build a product. And when you build the product, then you need to get customers. And then, you know, you need to get adoption and, and mass market. That's how Amazon makes money. So, and every you know, the reason that people um, that stocks are worth anything, and I'm saying stocks like in the public stock market, is that the companies serve the public. They actually make things that people want, and the people guess what? They don't refund 100% of their money all the time. Right. So that's where the money comes from, and I think every project in the end, look, it's fine to fail. It's fine if like you know. You invest in some NFT project that gives you access to a gym membership, and then they never build the gym, or the gym fails. Nobody wants the gym. Fine, at least you tried. But you know, if you don't even try, then it's fine. But it, it's just it's just a zero sum game, and someone right. will be left holding the bag. So for most of the meme coins, what's the product, right? If if I'm buying stock in a company through their token, right? What's what's the product or service that they're offering above and beyond? just another cryptocurrency acting as uh, money? If it was completely unauthorized, you know, stock, like if somebody made up Apple share that weren't real and they put it on exchange, then yeah, that would be very dubious. But the actual Apple shares, presumably you could get dividends from Apple. You could cash them in. Only the whales. The whales are the ones that really matter. Or these yeah. big, you know, that's no, like, I, the, I get that for the yeah. stock market. I'm saying crypto. Like if I, if I launch, if someone launches a new crypto token, or cryptocurrency or crypto coin, right? And puts it out on the exchanges. What's the product or service behind that which is going to entice people to invest? Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases, and legislation is now available for 
veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. Well, I was saying to Richie Rich during the break that, in my opinion, uh, the value, I don't know if this equates utility, but the value of, of Bitcoin has always been trust. Yeah, but that that's, that is true for even fiat currencies issued by nation states. Well, right, that's why people use fiat currencies is because they have to trust this centralized, uh, you know, Federal Reserve in our case. Well, they're for forced to. FR, they're forced to. They have no choice. Whereas cryptocurrency decentralizes that as long as the cryptocurrency is truly decentralized. Sure. And it eliminates your dependency on a monolithic government structure or government-backed structure for the trust. It replaces that with decentralized trust. And so to me, that's where the value comes from. Exactly. Uh, I think Intercoin was started with that same ethos. It's just that, you know, you want to have the currency have mainstream adoption. So, you know, you look at Bitcoin or even Ethereum tokens, like take all Ethereum tokens combined, right? And you go out and you look in the world, like how many people are using them in everyday life versus how many people are using WeChat in China to pay for, you know, goods and services, right? Mm, it's like sure. millions of merchants. So, in that same time that crypto has been around, right, WeChat has taken over commerce in China. There's other apps like Alibaba, Alipay, and there's a lot of, you know, PayPal, whatever, My, Venmo. My point is that it's possible to create a very well-adopted payment system. The question is what's backing it. And, you know, most of these are centralized and backed by the fiat, and they're working with the government, like WeChat's working with the Chinese government, right? So Intercoin was sort of like, hey, let's make a decentralized version of that. And look, Bitcoin or any other crypto can do the same thing. People can decide to start adopting, accepting payments in that currency, right? Right. It's just that Bitcoin can't scale very well, but maybe they'll make some layer twos that, you know, nominated in Bitcoin. But for whatever reason, right, it's been 10 years and Bitcoin hasn't become a peer-to-peer cash system. So, you know. It basically is just there, like a commodity. Like uh, well, well, sure, gold. but any any place that accepts cryptocurrency for trade of you know products or services takes Bitcoin first, or also takes Bitcoin. Yeah, usually yeah. that's the, the the start. Right. Uh, also, too, I think as far as cryptocurrency is concerned. I think uh, the the reason that there isn't more adoption is because we're still so early in the space. I know it's been a decade, but apparently people don't move that fast. And why is that? It's because the UIs still suck. When Sam Bankman-Fried comes out and says, like, you know, we have this empty box and we're going to stake it with token and the token's going to be worth $20 million, he's not necessarily wrong in the current space, right? There, there's no product or service behind most of the meme coins so you introduce one off some because they because he's like the man or whatever off right. whatever exchange that he's he's built. There's that level of trust. He goes, well, I'm issuing this token, you know, puts it out in the open market. It could very well easily be bought up to twenty million dollars. Greg, yeah, 
like everything you all have said is right. And by the way, when I say the mainstream adoption, I don't mean giant centralized exchanges or states and governments and big tech adopting it. Not at all. I think it should be we the people, right, bottom up. Grassroots. Yeah, but I don't care if my parents or my grandparents use it. No, but this is the thing. It still needs to be mainstream adopted, meaning on Main Street, we have to actually use it. And this is what I'm trying to say. There's a token that started by company X, and it's a utility token for their thing, okay? And they issue it and whatever. They have some uh, issuance schedule that, you know, every 10 minutes a little bit comes up. Fine. There's nothing stopping other uh, people from taking that currency and using it. The one with the most adoption is, to me, the more important thing. So Intercoin, like the, the a stated goal, is like to be the most adopted, like, payment system per, you know, crypto payment system in the world. And the, the whole point is if you're going to make such a system, it's got to be decentralized, meaning if you have a community and it issues a currency, let's say it's a city or it's Free Talk Live itself, right, the community, whatever, mm-hmm. your coin, you should not be, like, it should be hard for a bank like Goldman Sachs or Sam Bankman-Fried or CZ from Binance to amass so much of your currency, of your community, that he could push you around and say, oh, it would be a real shame if we dumped your currency and hurt your community. But that's what Goldman Sachs did with bread. They cornered the market in bread and all these things. So one of well, the big in, things... in fairness, then, that's kind of what Binance yeah. did to Sam Bankman-Fried. Exactly. We've got Jerome calling from South Carolina. Jerome, something is on your mind. What is it? Crypto is the biggest scam since that woman that uh, got convicted for this this company she ran where they could do like blood tests and tell you all about. Oh, yep, uh, Elizabeth, something or other. I disagree. I disagree. Not with your statement specifically, even though I kind of do. But if it were the biggest scam, it would be the biggest scam since the current biggest scam that everybody continues to fall for, and that is government. Oh yeah. Donald John Trump, the man who says, if they win, I get all the credit. But if they lose, I don't take any blame. Any blame. Well, that's, that's every politician. I, that's why I'm not a Republican. See? That's every politician. Jerome, I have a question for you. Do you yes, trust Nikki. the U.S. dollar? Yes, Tricky Nikki. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. I trust him more than any doggone cryptocurrency. Why? Hey, you know what? Brady and his old lady, his ex-old they want to know. Where's our six hundred? You're talking about like famous people. Huh? Why do you even pay attention to famous people? They have no impact on your life. Where where is where is Brady, Mr. Smart Businessman, Hall of Famer? Dude, Mike Brady retired a long time ago. Tom Brady. You know what I want to know? Where so we've had so much inflation recently, the US dollar's value is plummeting. And nobody, people want to talk about crypto. Oh, Bitcoin is low. It's losing its value. It's losing yeah. its value. The U.S. The dollar. dollar is losing its value. And I, it's you can choose to participate in cryptocurrency or to not participate in cryptocurrency. Yep. You can I learn about it and to. take that risk or not. But the U.S. dollar is I being forced upon us, and we don't have the choice to use it or not. We're essentially being forced to use it. So when that loses value, you're just essentially screwed. And and let him be, because he just said, I choose not to. Right? Fine. Well, what about, I'm getting screwed, too. I don't want to get screwed. Where where is Sam Bankman-Fried? Because the government, G-U-V-M-E-N-T, is looking for him. Where is he? And he transferred a whole pile of money. Sam Bankman-Fried. Sam Bankman-Fried. 
That's the guy that runs the – oh, did you hear about uh, uh, the, the Miami Heat basketball team? They had their arena renamed after him. FTX is a sponsor. Yeah, we and talked about that here on Free Talk Live. Yeah, now they got to drop him because he's a con artist. Yes, he is. He absolutely is. When any other thing that didn't exist before comes into existence, that's called an emerging market. So, I don't know, take television, for example, right? When the first televisions yeah. came came out, uh, there was risk. You didn't know if you were buying a good television set, a bad television set, if something was going to come out tomorrow that had more features than or more channels uh, available than the one that you bought today. You didn't know if you were going to overpay by 20 times over what your neighbor paid. So, this is what happens in emerging markets. Cryptocurrency is still an emerging market, and what we're seeing is the exact same thing we see in any other merging, emerging market, and that is there's going to be some con men who are going to con some people. So, and we are not going to hey, call for government crypto, regulation to interfere with that. Right. No, no thanks. You know, you know what crypto reminds me of? When you watch Let's Make a Deal and they have the Zonk, I say, oh, yeah. I'm not investing in that mess. No, actually, what what crypto is more reminiscent of is a a technology that we have all come to know and use, including you, Jerome, and that is the Internet. (laughs) The Internet is a closer thing to cryptocurrency uh, than anything else. You know, I have never once looked at crypto as an investment. Oh, you're missing out. I just, you know, I want to... I use it as currency. I I hold on to it. I, you know, I'm I'm not interested in getting rich off of crypto. It's more I, I have crypto for the potential and for the possibilities of yes. it, but also, even for the technology. Do, but even in doing so, because you don't want to be using U.S. dollars, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Especially uh, because I don't want to be using it's, U.S. It's dollars. It's a more morally acceptable choice yeah. than government money. Hey, can I tell Nikki something? Sure. I don't know, can you? Nikki, I don't know you from from nobody. But I wouldn't even invest they look totally no different. millions in in that in that mess. You know that? I like you that much. I would never Thank do you. that to you. Yeah. Nikki. In spite of the fact you you don't say you wouldn't lose any you wouldn't have to worry about losing any people with me doing that because Jerome don't play that that investment scam stuff. If yeah. my crypto wallet no, no, no. was emptied Tomorrow, I wouldn't, you yeah. know, I'd be like, oh, that sucks, but. Oh, no, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd be upset, but I, the way I've gotten crypto historically is, you know, selling goods and services. Yeah, earn it. We have sort of talked about, without talking about, the chicken stuffed with gold bars. Oh, we teased it. Found in a corrupt official's freezer. That son of a. Officers also dug out stacks of debit cards and gift cards from his bamboo garden. So this is obviously uh, coming from China. China guy. China. I I just, uh, I assume that based on the bamboo garden portion, not that non-Chinese people can't have bamboo gardens, but I would assume it's more common there. We're calling this the Wuhan corruption because it's China. Uh, This from uh, Richie Richie brought this in from vice.com. A new video released by a Chinese anti-corruption agency revealed a corrupt Chinese official's unusual method of hiding his ill-gotten gains. It's great. <laughs> Last April, authorities in the eastern province of mm, Zhejiang, 
Sure. Butchering that. Launched an official probe into Jang Zunbo, a retired top official at the prefecture level in the city of Kuzo, who was accused of receiving millions in bribes from different corporate executives. You don't say. Corporations bribing politicians yeah. in no. China? It doesn't just happen in the U.S. I mean, it does happen in the U.S. a lot. But uh, yeah, we've sort of made it like... You know, there's not a whole lot of, like, covertness to it anymore. It's just more like check a box on a form. Do you want to bribe the official? Yes, I do. Well, and they renamed <laughs> it, right? It's called lobbying. Right, yeah. 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 Corporate lobbyists. Uh, Jang confessed a day after the investigation began. The video posted on Sunday uh, by the Provincial Supervisory Committee on the social media platform WeChat showed footage of officers raiding his mansion. His mansion. Yeah, politicians get mansions. Yeah, why do governors have mansions anyway? It's governors? a great question. Governors, like you know, say the governor's mansion. It's like why do governors get mansions? Because they're the top politician in that yeah, little fiefdom. So, but shouldn't they have to just buy a house like everybody else? Like, well, they do. They, they just yeah. have two houses now. Yeah, or three. They have or their four, house and they or live five. In the so mansion. then we should be able to sell the mansions and return all that money back to the people, right? Sure. Yeah. Start with the White House. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they found bags after bags after bags of frozen meat in his freezer, including chickens, ducks, and fish, stuffed with plastic-wrapped gold bars and jewelry. Same. Can you imagine that conversation? Like, okay, Jing Zhong, we're going to open your freezer. Are we going to find anything out of the ordinary? Like, oh, just got no, some frozen... No, just, uh, just chickens. Just, just, just some chickens and some ducks. Just got some food in there, you know. They've got Turd Ferguson calling from Pennsylvania. Turd. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if Jerome is still listening. I, I hope he is. Because, I, hope. Um, I, I assume yeah. he is because he's got nothing better to do, and he enjoys listening to talk radio all of the time, is overly concerned about politics and apparently famous people. Unhealthy obsession with Trump. Yeah, well, that's that's that might be true. To be honest, it actually surprises me that Jerome listens to Free Talk Live and other forms of talk radio because he seems like the kind of guy who sits in front of the television and watches MSNBC all day long. Well, that too, probably. I think he's doing that, but I also think he's probably got... I just have this vision of, like, one of my grandfathers used to have the old one-speaker AM radio with the antenna pulled all the way out on top of the refrigerator in the kitchen. And while he's going about doing other stuff, right, you know, fixing the lawnmower, whatever, this thing is just on. Wallpaper noises. Yeah, I think Jerome just leaves the radio on on whatever his favorite, maybe only talk radio station. Yeah, it's like subliminal brainwashing. Yeah, and he just leaves it on. So he hears all of the programming on whatever station he's listening to before us, which is obviously some sort of conservative leaning you know programming which is even weirder that he listens to it and then us and then we come out of nowhere and so he's always trying to like react to the previous shows that he's listened to while calling and talking to us which is really bizarre and and that must be it because it's that weird connection of like oh well we're on this conservative channel so we must also fit that box which isn't necessarily true clearly because we're not calling in yeah and he after, hasn't figured it out yet. After years of us saying, hey, we're not conservative or liberal, like this is a different thing. It's still, you know, it's just that two party system. Like people cannot fathom anything besides left and right. Coke or Pepsi. That's it. Turd. Well, Ferguson. Jerome, here's here's Jerome also said something that was really surprising to me in his last call. And that's that 
he said he claims that he trusts the United States dollar. <laughs> right? and, and that's just that's just crazy to me. I mean, I and Jerome, if you're listening right now, I don't know if you know this, but he doesn't. The, the, the dollar, the United States dollar, is controlled by an entity called the Federal Reserve, which is completely unaccountable to the people. And they're what really group of people like is a, behind a, that like thing? A, yeah, look, they're, they're a completely separate entity from the United States government that, that the people don't get to, to, to vote on at all. And they operate behind closed doors, and nobody knows what they're doing behind these closed doors. And, and I don't know if Jerome knows this either. But we also function on something called the fractional reserve banking system. And these fractional reserves that are handed out to the bank, to the banking cartel by the Federal Reserve, nobody knows where these are going. So back in the day, phones actually had a round circular thing. No, I know. I'm familiar. Yeah, I'm familiar with this. She has a grandmother. (laughs) Come on, man. I'm explaining to the audience for those who don't know what a rotary phone is. It had a dial and it had... You know, little holes that a finger would fit in unless you had really fat fingers and, you know, you might have to use a pinky instead of your finger, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, and you would actually have to turn the dial and then release it and then select the next number, turn it and release it. And it would make a sound as it did this. Uh, And what it does is it's just releasing pulses. Right. And then the computer, if you will, on the other side of that or the switchboard operator interprets those pulses as the telephone number that you dialed and connects you to that telephone number. And if you had too many nines in your number, nobody would call you. Oh, yeah. Nope. Nobody would call you? Maybe. Well, no one. He loves nine. So anyway. Nine. <laughs> technology improves and they invented something called DTMF. This is touch tone dialing. The, the common terminology for it. So now if you pick up a, a telephone like a home phone and it's got the square buttons on it and you press a two or a five or whatever, it makes a different sound, a different note, beep, if you will. Beep, yeah. beep. And, and if early you've watched, hackers. And if you've watched South Park, you know that you can play do 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 the funky town uh, yeah. rhythm on it, right, from Tally. So anyway. Uh, that's known as touchtone DTMF. Rotary phones cannot perform that function unless they've either been adapted to do it or they were released in the sh- very short period of time where both uh, pulse and touchtone were supported. There are some phones out there that have the rotary dial on it, and it's got a little switch on the side that you can switch between pulse or tone. I remember that switch. Yeah. So And, like, that used to be a, a thing that I would do to, like, you know, sort of... Uh, subvert my uh, you know if i was stuck at grandma's house and i didn't want to be there not grandma but like you know one of my aunt's house or something like that i'd find that phone and i'd like switch it and so like when they tried dialing like a number that could only be dialed with the touchstone the call wouldn't go through and they couldn't figure out why they're servicing they'd have to get on the phone with the telephone company and, how'd they call the telephone company well because oh. the telephone company of course you can dial Got right? it. or you can dial zero right you know so operator okay. A little bit of a, a little bit of a telephony history with yours truly, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh yes, um, so I've been hearing a lot about alkaline water, and I bought bottled alkaline water and I drank it. But I was ca- kind of curious, like, how do they make this, and what's the big deal about it? So, what does it do? Well, to the there's water this molecule? guy named Al, and he invented kaline water. I'm just so saying, that's not that's not what happened. We have the pH scale, so which, which I, I are... said I, I didn't realize it was an acronym. I just went. 
<laughs> I didn't catch that. So things are acidic, things are basic, and essentially alkaline water is just water that is the perfect, you know, pH balance for your body, and it's supposed to be healthier for you. Is it? So is it the perfect? I mean, because it's alkaline. Well. No, so it's not so it's not perfect, but basically it is for a certain health results, which I'm honestly not sure of. I was drinking alkaline smart water yesterday because I ran out of water and I went to the gas station and I, I picked up a bottle of water. So that's why I was drinking it. It wasn't any reason in particular, but I'm sure a lot of you know, there's so many health fads out there that right. I'm pretty sure this is one of them. Yeah. Because the, yeah, the so, human the body. Uh huh. But the thing is that they have these machines that you could add it to your um, faucet or something. They yep. have these um, people that market these. And I'm thinking it's like, what do they actually do? What is the technology? Do they run it through bits of calcium? Um, I don't know. But uh, this is from the mayonnaise clinic, also known as the Mayo Clinic. Is alkaline water better for you than plain water? For most people, alkaline water is not better than plain water. Bottled water sold as alkaline water, which is regulated by the U.S. FDA, might have nutrients added to it to achieve an alkaline pH. Right. Alkali- That's what I was getting at. Alkaline water has a higher pH level than that of a plain tap water, so proponents say that it can neutralize acid in your bloodstream. Some say that alkaline water can help prevent disease such as cancer and heart disease. However, more research is needed to verify these claims. So going going back to that pH system, right, the human body itself has mechanisms to naturally regulate your pH level. Well, it's supposed to. I For think, most people. So I, I think the trouble comes in when people have like high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, things like right. that, and their body is unable to regulate that. Right. So I think... The I mean, based on what this is saying, increasing your body's pH helps combat some of those. If you if your body's running unnaturally acidic, yeah, which for the vast majority yeah, if you're of people, acidotic, yeah, it doesn't do. Yeah. So for the for the vast majority of people, it does nothing, and for the very select group of people who can't regulate down from the acidic levels, it can help balance them back down to normal. So if you're so taking Go ahead, sir. The one thing that I noticed that all the good things for your body, what they like cabbage and calcium, all the things that are really good for your body, like frankincense, all those happen to be all all alkaline. Okay. So alkaline substances that are alkaline, it actually brings it rubs the acid out of your body, therefore brings the oxygen. When you have oxygen rich tissues, it drives out the cancer cells. You but you can't so that, you can't be too alkaline either. You can also say the same thing about things that are acidic. Like I could name ten things that are that are acidic that are good for you. like lemon, citrus fruit. Those things are also good for you and healthy for you. This from HuffPost.com. Mm. National Park Service begs visitors, please stop licking the psychedelic toads. No. Or perhaps That's dangerous. Perhaps drink some smart water to balance out the pH <laughs> yeah, and go. eliminate That's- the acid. I yeah I always uh, whenever I lick toads I always drink alkaline water after. I wonder if there's a band called Psychedelic Toads. There should be. It reminds me of um, what the the psychedelic frog from was it Comedy Central or something? The no. one on the roller coaster. Oh no, no, no. no idea then. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I'll I'll find it. You must have been high. I probably was. <laughs> 
she, she was hallucinating it. Uh, the national, that wasn't real. The National Park Service dropped an unusual warning recently, urging visitors to stop licking toads. So I want to just briefly, Hypnotoad was what I was referring to, and it's from Futurama, and that's what it reminded me of with the eyes. Yeah, Uh, I couldn't remember what it was called. I don't think I've ever thought of it as the psychedelic toad before, but that's an accurate. That's the first thing my brain told me it was. Yeah, very good. I thought it was like the frog on the the roller coaster meme. Excellent recall. No, I'm not. No. No. Okay. So anyway, the uh, National Park Service uh, issued this unusual warning recently. Quote, as we say with most most things you come across in the National Park, whether it be a banana slug, an unfamiliar mushroom, <laughs> or a large toad with glowing eyes in the dead of night, please refrain from licking, the agency wrote. Make me. The warning. Inhibit your natural human urges. I know. Come on. I thought this was nature. The, no, this is Free Talk Live. Oh, okay. I was confused. Sorry. Wrong show. The uh, warning posted on Facebook last week specifically applies to the Sonoran Desert Toad, a.k.a. the Colorado River Toad. These toads have prominent part... Mm. A.K.A. don't lick me, bro. Right, yeah. Don't lick me, bro. Uh, these toads have prominent paratoid glands that secrete a potent toxin. Sounds like a good time. The agency wrote. And Sounds like an advertisement for the <laughs> I know, right? National Park Service. It's Come lick like, our toads. <laughs> it's almost like that's what they're doing by just even doing yeah, this it's like, at all. I had no clue about this, but now that I know, I'll be right there. I've never thought myself a toad licker before, <laughs> but since they've so been advertising it. First I time might, for everything. I might you know? go. We don't know. I won't kink shame you. <laughs> Is that a kink, really? Like trying to get high on <laughs> It could <toad>? be. <laughs> Uh, it can make you sick if you handle the frog or get the poison in your mouth. <laughs> Yet people seek it out anyway for something else it secretes, a hallucinogenic substance called 5-MeO-DMT. Oh, cool. It's five, I heard DMT. 5-M-E-O-DMT. What? So where is this? Colorado. We're in... Oh, I've always wanted to visit Colorado. What? I hear it's beautiful. Wasn't it's Colorado River Toad? Right? Well, yeah, but they don't actually specify. Well, if it's Colorado River Toad, go down to Colorado well, River and look for a toad. Which national park? Lick it. It doesn't specify. It says the this nat- is a terrible advertisement. It says the National Park Service dropped an unusual warning. Oh, so maybe just in general. Well, but they gave it away with the name of the animal. It's the Colorado River Toad. Well, we doesn't. They could have migrated other places. Oh, here we go. Here we go. They've taken a photo of one, and the caption under the photo says, Yet another capture of a toxic toad crossing the road during a hot summer day in the Sonoran Desert of Peoria, Arizona. Oh, Arizona. He's cute, too. As many of them invaded the streets after a major flooding monsoon of August 2021. So they secrete a toxin and a hallucinogenic, but you don't know what you're going to get when you pick it up and lick it. I'm guessing... Well, it might be... Both. I'm guessing the the hallucinogenic is the toxin, right? Yeah, like, that's okay. usually how it is, right? Because even with mushrooms, it's kind of like a food poisoning type thing that right, gets okay. you high, right? Like uh, as a defense mechanism, if somebody picks up a toad, licks it, and they start seeing stuff, right? They're probably not gonna lick that toad again. Oh, they don't know humans, unless of course you never met me. Unless of course they're into that kind of thing, in which yeah. case then they're gonna be hunted. Toad lickers. <laughs> 
You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.